0: gang, it's me, Academic Asian. I'm here. And welcome back to another edition of Talking Turley. You are not going to want to miss this.
1: Was on Tucker Carlson last night to respond to the latest bombshells thrown at her from none other than her co-worker Ben Shapiro. Is there a civil war erupting inside the Daily Wire? Well, that's exactly what we're going to find out. Hey, gang, it's me, Dr. Steve, your patron professor here to help you think better so you can feel better in these crazy and turbulent times if you haven't done so, you know what to do. Make sure to smack that bell and subscribe. (laughs) Tucker Carlson invited Candace Owens on the show last night to respond to a viral and visceral video of Ben Shapiro saying this. Yes, uh, the the question is about Candace Owens. I think her behavior during this is disgraceful, Without doubt. Yeah, and she still works for my company. And I think she's been absolutely
2: disgraceful. I think that I think that her, her faux sophistication on these particular issues has been ridiculous. It's not faux sophistication; it's ridiculous. Everybody can see the moves that she's making and the things that she's saying, I and it I find them disrespectful. Maybe there's a point in the video where he explains what exactly you did wrong and how you were wrong. I, I haven't seen it, um, but to call somebody quote absolutely disgraceful, particularly a coworker, seems like a pretty big step. What and, and I really don't know the background here. What is that
3: about? You know, there isn't much of a background. I saw the video when everybody else saw it when I woke up. Um,
2: no one he no one warned you about it.
3: Nobody warned me about it. I, I, it looks like maybe he didn't know he was being recorded. It looks yes. like it was some sort of a private event. I got no clarity on the issue that he was particularly speaking on. And in what was said, I also I can't respond to it. Beyond what he's saying, because it's just ad hominem attacks. I don't know. Yeah, because it's not. Disagree. You know, we
2: disagree, or yeah. I. You know, I. I don't think she's correct, or maybe she doesn't know what she's talking about. It's absolutely disgraceful.
3: Yeah, exactly. And so I can't respond to it on a level of intellect because there, there's nothing that he has expressed in that, at least in that short clip, that he fundamentally disagrees with in terms of what I said. But I will say that I'm not going to respond with the same ad hominem attacks. Yes. I don't think it helps further discussion. And it, if I, that was me. That was caught on a video saying that about colleagues that i work with i would be embarrassed i would so i think that the video speaks more to ben's character than it speaks to mine
2: has he texted you to apologize or
3: explain or anything no nothing i haven't heard a single word it just was sort of something that he said and you know
0: I, i'll just uh mention here because i did actually cover this story as it was developing on Unpopular opinions last week but this interview hadn't uh uh, come out at that point I don't think and there was a bit of afters uh with this as well which we'll get on to um but I just wanted to say that uh I've you know I've never particularly been a fan of uh Candy Owens never paid much attention to her but there's interviews she did with Tucker uh, she, she went up in my estimation and I think in a lot of people's estimation an awful lot um just on Interview technique and strategy. She did really well in this interview. Uh, she embodied what I would call sensible center, which is something I talked about last year. She embodied the frame of sensible center, and she made her opponent, in this case Ben Shapiro, and some of the more kind of shrill voices on the uh, you know extreme uh, pro-Israel side. Uh, she made them seem like extremists or radicals uh Nikki Haley was another person she talked about and I was very very impressed uh with the way that she was able to present herself as the adult in the room uh, I think always very effective persuasion technique but uh I'm very interested to see how Dr. Steve passes this whole story so let's continue you know
3: what? Ben, I have many disagreements, so I don't think that that's particularly something that's interesting. Um, we disagreed on the COVID vaccine. We disagree yes. on Ukraine and Russia. He has taken virtually every stance that has been the opposite of mine on every issue uh, over the last five years. So I don't think that that's particularly remarkable. Vaccine.
2: really, I didn't remember that.
3: Yeah, he was pro the COVID vaccine. I was anti the vaccine. You know, we were all idiots for not getting the vaccine. So that's totally fine. I, I am totally open to people having a difference in opinion. Right. I would hope that amongst colleagues that it would always be civil disagreement and i would never in a private event stand on a table and talk badly about ben it's, just I a would little say... it's a little
2: weird so he was on the left on those three biggest issues of our time is what you're saying
1: wow all right so tucker has a penchant for being able to effectively frame things in terms of their big picture their context and what you just heard him say there is so when it comes to the three biggest issues of our time covid big pharma and ukraine ben has consistently positioned himself on the left With regard to all those issues which is true that is the context that i think is very important for understanding precisely why tucker and candace are chatting here there is something fundamentally problematic about ben shapiro's so-called conservatism that these two are calling out
0: hey gang it's me academic agent and i can't wait to share with Use some analysis of awesome conservative trends by Dr. Steve Tierley. You are not going to want to miss this. But first, let me tell you about some of the great courses available at the academic agency. Top selling course there is something called the Trivium. That's Foundations of Writing, Foundations of Logic, and Foundations of Rhetoric in a three in one package. Many people, thousands of people, have taken this course and I've always had fantastic feedback for it. Buy it now.
3: Agency.
2: So, if we could take three steps back and give us the context for this debate, how are you on different sides of it? When no. I haven't heard you endorsing Hamas. Like you're not. No.
3: Well, I have not endorsed Hamas in any way, and yet people have interpreted things that I say, or actually, rather, things that I don't say. It's becoming very much reminiscent to me and why I have used my platform to say this of Black Lives Matter, where if you don't say anything, they say your silence is violence. If you say something and it's even handed and it's nuanced, which is to say, you know, during the times of Black Lives Matter, you might say, I don't support police brutality, who does? I don't support racism, who does? But also I think that police are crucial part of every uh city we need to have pol- policing in cities so these calls to defund the police are immoral and wrong and are going to lead to more black deaths people didn't want that nuance when black life following george Floyd, there was no nuance you had to explicitly say defund the police um you had to post a black square if you didn't post a black square on instagram by the way specifically on the platform of instagram and you maybe were busy that day maybe you were in another country you know maybe you just didn't log on to instagram you were accused of being a racist i'm seeing a lot of that behavior right now when it comes to the israeli-palestinian conflict a conflict that i have seen every single
0: and and this is uh pretty neat by the way because candice owens has correctly um pinpointed the actual source everybody argues about what the source of woke is is it the frankfurt school or cultural marxism or critical race theory She has accurately zoomed in on the actual source of cancel culture right here on this issue. The structure of uh, what people call woke, the structure of what people call cancel culture actually has its roots in exactly this issue that she is talking about, um, whereby there's a certain group who you're not allowed to criticise. And, you know, they have special exemptions in the law, special carve outs, Schmittian Schmittian exceptions, we might say, um, that, uh, you know, put them beyond criticism. Um, And uh, I think that this is pretty neat to uh, show how the logic of what they're doing is the same as the BLM logic. Now, she doesn't explicitly state this in the interview, but if you trace the history of this in America, uh, the cancel culture that people talk about was going on, on the right wing of politics in the Republican Party, all the way back to the days of, uh, you know, William F. Buckley, and, uh, you know, even prior to Ronald Reagan, people were being quote unquote cancelled for having the wrong opinions. If you're on the right, uh, it's interesting to hear this being talked about openly now. Anyway, let's see how Dr. Steve passes it, because so far he's talked about Ben Shapiro being left wing. Not sure if that's the real issue here, but let's carry on.
3: Person, including myself condemn what happened on october 7th i have because who wouldn't condemn terrorism it's obvious right. who would not condemn innocent israelis dying but if you then say that it is also sad when an innocent palestinian child dies suddenly this is pro hamas or you need to say even when you're talking about how sad it is that a child dies you need to button that statement by saying but that child was a human shield that's not going to be my response um first off as a mother that's not going to be my response as somebody who is about to do to give birth when i see these images of children yes involved on both sides of the conflict. I have pointed to the the people that are mocking dead Israeli children and said that they are horrific. I am even keel on this matter, and yet people think that you need to be extreme.
1: All right, so that's a very interesting point that Candace is bringing up here, drawing comparisons with the BLM frenzy the summer of 2020. Now, back then when the riots first broke out and uh, you heard phrases like silence is compliance and all that obvious nonsense, I introduce my viewers to a concept known as radical perspectivalism, which is a fancy schmancy way of referring to a point of view that assumes that one's perspective represents reality in its absolute sense. So radical perspectivalism conflates one's own point of view with a totalizing picture, of reality. And so if anyone diverges from your point of view, well, they're diverging from reality itself. And in the hands of the woke, That divergence deserves to be canceled. What Candace is saying here is that seemingly without realizing it, Ben, in adopting and embracing a comparable radical perspectivalism, he's actually on the same side as the very BLM activists he so viscerally decries. He's exemplifying the very radical perspectivalism that we see coming from the BLM types of the woke left there's no basis for dissent. The moral imperative here is so momentous that any dissent is itself self-compliance with moral evil. That's BLM, and according to Candace, that's Ben
2: Shapiro right now. I agree, yeah, I get just, why donors are mad. Imagine, and, and yeah. by the way, I support donors giving money to things they agree with. Yes, I support uh, I, that. I strongly do. Yep. The part that, and so I have no problem with that at all. Same. You don't like it, don't pay for it, good mm-hmm. for you. However, then I thought, well, wait a second, if the biggest donors at, say, Harvard, have decided well we're going to shut it down now where were you the last 10 years and, and that's the for white genocide? you were allowing this and then i found myself really hating those people actually that you're okay.
0: now this from tucker carlson by the way was based this this move tucker went to a place that i'm not sure if candy Owens was ready to go in this interview because by making that move he basically articulated what virtually everybody watching this channel and virtually anybody on our side of things has already articulated, i.e. why is there this double standard when it comes to this? Why is it that white people don't seem to matter as, but now that it's this group, now all of a sudden they care? Well, let's let's see what, what happens.
2: Okay with that? On what grounds were you okay with that?
3: And this is what I've been trying to explain to the pro-Israel lobby, that what you are seeing as lack of support is people that are asking the question is, where were you (laughs) as we have endured all of this? You were paying
2: for it, actually. You were paying for it.
3: You were, you were paying for it. You were calling my
2: children immoral for their skin color. You paid for that. And And so why
3: shouldn't I be mad at you? I don't understand. And so that is, you know, obviously you have a a ton of white people that are asking.
0: I may, I mean, Tucker, by articulating this is, I mean, uh, people talk about Overton. It's just smashed at this point. Uh, There isn't an Overton window anymore. There's just kind of a million piece shards of glass on the floor. I don't even know where the discourse is anymore, because all norms, all sense of what, you know, anything really has been smashed to smithereens. We're in uncharted territory right now, which should be exciting to everybody.
3: Seeing this question, and they're now being called anti-Semitic, and I think that that's wrong. I think these are meaningful questions that deserve to be answered. Why was this uh, this sort of verbiage allowed into the curriculum? I mean, could you imagine if in the curriculum it said that every, every Jewish person born is a terrorist? This is systematically what has been said. I would be totally opposed to that. In you're learning this not even just by the way at the college campus level in high schools i've covered this on my show at high schools that they are now allowing children to stand up in an auditorium during uh not black lives matter week uh, during uh what is february african uh yeah for whole month of february african-american month i'm totally black history month black history. i was like totally blank i'm like what is what is february black history month they were allowing at this very elite school fifty thousand dollars uh per a month uh to attend the school per year to attend the school for these children to stand up on a stage and yell in an auditorium black kids were allowed to be on the stage white kids were sitting down at this elite school and they said you don't know what we lived through you don't understand what how your whiteness impacts me this is going on in new york city right now that is explicit anti-white racism that is happening and i covered it on my show extensively nobody cared there there was no bus calling these kids anything wrong And so trying to explain that of why people maybe are not reacting um, with the amount of vigor that you would like to see is now being interpreted as anti-Semitism.
1: All right, so Tucker and Candace are taking on the donors, right, of Harvard and Columbia who are pulling out their money out of these institutions in response to the pro-Hamas activities that they're seeing on those college campuses. And both Tucker and Candace are asking, hey, wait a minute now, where were you over the last 10 years when these very same students and faculty were saying the very same things but directed against whites and supposed white suppression particularly during the BLM fanaticism where were you then why are you only pulling your money out now it's this disproportionate response that both Candace and Tucker are calling out so where's that coming from well It's coming from a dynamic that scholars such as Michel Mephassili refer to as neo-tribalism. It's a trend happening all over the world where more and more populations are realigning around regional, racial and or religious identity. Now, on the right, this is generally happening with the MAGA movement and the America First rallying cry, this nationalist civic, nationalist form of tribalism. But on the left, we're seeing a radically racial form of neotribalism like BLM or La Raza among Latinos. And Candace and Tucker are pointing out, you know, it's that it's this disproportionate response, this disproportionate moral outrage on the part of Ben Shapiro that suggests that he's unwittingly embracing the very racial ethnic tribalism that is itself characteristic of the cultural Marxist left. Instead of saying, "You see,"
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was it was unwitting, Doctor Steve. <laughs> it was unwitting. Yeah. Anyway, let's see, let's see where, where else he goes with this.
1: This is why we need to protect America's borders. This is why. This precisely. No, instead, Ben is insisting. You see, this is why we need to protect Israel's borders. The intensity of Ben's support and fidelity and loyalty to Israel and the Jewish people appears, frankly, disproportionate Mm. to a comparably, well, frankly, soft support and fidelity for America and the American people. Yes. For right or for wrong, that is both Candace's argument, Tucker's argument. It's an argument that I do believe has integrity, and it's one that ought to be deliberated, debated but certainly not callously, dismissed. Hey, gang, I know what
0: it is. So, I mean, fair play. He covered it. He did it in a delicate way. But uh, this is quite a moment here. Quite a moment. Um, Yeah. So, anyway, I thought uh, I would uh, just make a video on this as well. Uh, I don't have much uh, else to add, really. Um, other than you know, since this happened, there has also been uh, the lawsuit that Elon Musk has put in against Media Matters, um, and you know they're kind of like intertwined stories in in a way. Uh, there's definitely something happening here, and it's uh, exciting to watch. All right, goodbye. Get out of here. Get out. What goes on in this town is none of your business.
3: As long as I'm living here, it is. Then maybe you shouldn't be living here!
0: Well, that's easily fixed.